You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. How is everybody doing on this wet and rainy Tuesday? We've got lots of stuff to do, plenty to touch on over the course of this uh, next 60 minutes. So let's dive right in before Golick and Wingo come your way at 6. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I'm on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. The uh, Instagram march for followers is uh, relentless. Uh, there's no let-up, mainly because the uh, boat has not left the dock. But anyway, it's there. Uh, in case you're just waking up, in case you're just getting out of bed on this uh, fine Tuesday morning, just getting into the car, however you are finding yourself at 5.01 on a Tuesday morning, I want to let you know it was not all a dream. I want to let you know it actually happened. This is not some figment of your imagination that you had some wacky and wild dream while you were sleeping last night. No, it's real, people. The Knicks not only won a game last night, they had what other teams have at times. It's called an easy win. They led wire to wire, which is even more rare. The other side of it, they do that quite a bit. Lose wire to wire, that's happened quite a bit. But a nice, easy win. Knicks beat the Cavaliers last night. A week after, of course, they had that um, terrible effort against the Cavs. And, uh, of course, all hell broke loose with the press conference afterwards. But the Knicks uh, beat the Cavaliers last night, 123 to 105, led by 12 after one, scored 64 points in the first half, and they rolled from there. No hastily thrown together press conferences uh, from the front office last night. Everything was as it should be. Julius Randle, if the, if he were a Yankee, this would be his uh, earning pinstripes moment, but he's not. So uh, he just had his best game so far, 30 points last night, 12 of 17 from the floor. Wasn't trying to be Meadowlark Lemon dribbling the ball, but <laughs> Between his legs and and forcing the action and all that kind of, kind of let the game come to him, played under control, and look at that, was far more effective than at any other point this year. Now, it's only 14 games, so hopefully, I don't think you're going to see a regular thing where Julius Randle is scoring 30 points a night, but uh, a little bit more efficient of a performance, and uh, that's what you're looking for. Marcus Morris had uh, 23, uh, R.J. Barrett had some nice plays last night, finished with 15, Mitchell Robinson chipped in with four block shots, so at least for another day, or two, hopefully, uh, there's not going to be any talk about replacing the head coach, firing him and bringing in this guy or bringing in that guy, Mark Jackson, whoever it is, because that never made any sense whatsoever. And I'm not even the biggest David Fisdale fan in the world. We'll find out as we kind of move along here whether or not he's the right coach for the team, whether or not he is the guy that's developing the right message for this club, but as many things with the Knicks, that does not seem that does not mean necessarily that it won't happen. I know that David Fisdale was here last year, but this is really his first year. This is the first year where the results matter. Last year, the results needed to be losses, and good news, he delivered them <laughs> almost single-handedly. This year is not going to be that much better, but it has to be a little bit better for him to keep his job, which should, I mean, the fact that this is even a topic of conversation. After tanking a season, hoping to get the number one pick, a team that won 17 games, didn't add any major pieces in the offseason. 
is talking about building things the right way. And 10 games into the year, you're talking about firing the head coach. Sorry. If you're a franchise that is going to try and teach your fans or, or, or tell your fans that they have to be patient, well, then you have to perform that way as well. You have to show a little bit of patience. And to fire the coach 10 or 12 or 20 games in and then say that you're being patient, well, then you're a big fat liar and you don't really have any plan at all. So let's see where it goes from here. The Knicks are 4-10 and 10 on the year. So 14 games in, they got four wins. I'm guessing if you did the math, you'd probably be on pace for about, I don't know, 22 wins, 21 wins. Uh, you know, look, you're hoping it's going to get a little bit better than this. I think if you're on pace at any point this year for about 25 wins, that's about right. That's about in the uh, Overton window of what the expectations should be. You should not be expecting 17 wins. I don't think that, obviously, David Fisdale is going to survive that. and Nobody on the Knicks should be able to survive that because even last year they weren't as bad as that. They were trying to be bad. And, as I said, good news. They accomplished it. This year they have to be better than that. But also, nobody, including the owner, including the front office, should be expecting 40 wins. That's ridiculous, too. Getting your 25 wins this year, get back in the lottery, get another lottery pick, and that's how you build a talent base. If we were all in agreement after free agency that nobody's coming here to save you, well, then how else are you going to build up the talent on the team? And that's the pro- more so than coaching, even more so than the front office. The problem is the talent. There's not a lot of talent on the team. So 4-10 and 10 is not great. Now imagine... Imagine if you will, though, cast your mind, close your, well, not if you're driving, but if you're not, well, who no, the people driving around here, close your eyes, it's fine, you'll, you'll be all right. Um, imagine if the Knicks went out and did land big free agents, the biggest free agents, and imagine that they didn't get off to a 4-10 and 10 start. Imagine it was just minimally better, 5-8, and eight. they got one extra win, they got two extra, they got two fewer losses. Five and eight after the expectations were not 25, 20. Expectations were high. Forget about high. They were through the roof. Imagine a world. I feel like this is a movie trail. Imagine a world. I got the cold going on too, so my voice is a little bit more raspy than usual. Imagine a world where the Knicks went out and landed the two biggest free agents you possibly could. Two of the biggest free agents in the history of this town. Granted, one is not playing. But you had all the, you had this huge offseason. And more importantly, you had this incredible culture. Oh my God, the culture. The history of culture. Nobody is cultured as good as this culture. All you hear about is the culture, and you have to give them credit. You gotta give them credit. Well, if everybody's first sentence is you got to give them credit, I think we're all giving them credit. And then you went out and you lost eight of your first 13 games. Could you imagine a world where that kind of result would not take place, but that it would not even make a ripple? Nobody would even really pay attention to it. If that happened to the Knicks, forget about being on the back page of the paper. 
that would be on the front page of the paper. That would be the entire paper, especially like the Saturday Daily News, which is like eight pages long. Six of those eight pages would be the fact that the Knicks, after this huge offseason, went out and had lost eight of their first 13 games. Now, you can't really imagine that. Like, not that the fact that it happened, but the fact that nobody would really be paying attention to it because that would literally never happen. Look at this year. Nobody has really any expectations for the Knicks. And think about all the time and effort, money, and all these things that we have spent focusing on this team that we all kind of expect to be terrible. Now, maybe not this terrible, but still, on the larger scope of things, terrible. If you're going to, if you're going into the year knowing for sure, almost certainly, you're going to be in the lottery, you're a terrible team. Maybe not as terrible as some, but certainly terrible, more terrible than most. And think of that team getting more attention than the team that went out and won the offseason and was going to take over New York City. Now, look, I am not going to spend a lot of the show talking about the Brooklyn Nets, mostly because I don't want you to change the channel. And all the evidence from everyone, all the barometers, would be if I spent a large portion of the show talking about the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, you would change the channel. Maybe you already did. Come back. But I wanted to say this takeover of New York City that I kept hearing about in the offseason, it's, it's off to an interesting start. I mean, I myself would not have planned it this way. I, now, I know that it's guaranteed to work. Everybody knows that it will definitely 100% work. That's not even up for debate because all you have to do is win and winning. That, that's the thing that will turn everything around. Everybody knows that. Right, right, right. But I have to say it's an interesting way to go about it. To have all these high expectations and then go out and lose a lot of these games, it, let's put it this way. It's counterintuitive. Let's put it that way. So you have the Knicks win. Chiefs beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Four interceptions for Phillip Rivers. It was giveaway, giveaway night last night. Uh, but we have a lot, of stuff, a lot of stuff to touch on today. The Tua of Iowa injury, which uh, we did not touch on yesterday because of everything with the Jets and the football and all that stuff. There's one point, and I'm, uh, I'm not that big into it, but... There's one point that everybody continues to make that nobody is really arguing. Like, why does everybody keep making this one point that everybody has touched? It's like the first thing that they point out. And there's nobody on the other side of it. You have the Jets riding high after beating the Redskins on Sunday. Now they get ready for the Raiders. The Hall of Fame ballot and baseball's out. Lots of stuff to do. Our poll question, though, it's up for today. It's on Twitter, and it's at Gordon Damer. And it is – look, I've said in the past that generally what I want to get out of the poll court, you want to find something that is, is, that is in the moment that people maybe not even are, are talking about per se, that they don't even realize that they're thinking about, right? Like it's out there and, oh, that's interesting. So you want to get something that is going to stir up debate but mostly get a lot of votes. That's the main thing. So this one today – we want the other direction. We're really not expecting a lot of votes, mainly because it focuses on the start of the Brooklyn Nets. Now, in the offseason, when the Knicks were striking out and they failed to land this guy, and they failed to, oh, what a failure of an organization. And look, they've not been very good. We know that. But I heard from all these people that the Brooklyn Nets are going to take over New York. The New York City takeover has begun. And as I said, it's off to an interesting start so far. It's early, 
But it's not exactly what you would have expected. And if the Knicks, after landing all these big free agents, gotten off to a 5-8 and eight start, could you imagine? Could you imagine the amount of reaction that would get? So our poll question has been, to, or is it today, plenty of attention has been paid to the Knicks 4-10 and 10 start. Meanwhile, the Brooklyn Nets are 5-8 and eight despite winning the offseason, right? They were the big winners in the offseason. That's not even debatable. Let's not revise history now. So our question simply is, have you paid any attention to the net season, right? We're getting close to the 20-game mark. I'm not saying you have to be fully invested games one, game two, game but we're about a month in now, starting to get a little lay of the land. So that's our poll question for today. We realize it's not going to get a lot of votes, but we're just interested to see what pe- how people are feeling. What's the, what's the mood of the room? What's the temperature of the water? Okay? So that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And your two, uh, your two options. We didn't give you, we're not going to let you hedge your bets here. Oh, you know, I paid attention to a little bit. Oh, I was flipping around. No. It's either A, absolutely, I'm locked in. I'm focused on them. They won the offseason. Come on. Or who? That's the second. Uh, who is the second option? So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. We realize it's going to probably tank today. But uh, some days, you know. Some days you eat the bear, and some days they bear eat you. So there you go. The poll question is up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, we have a poll question, which is up for today. We're interested to see how it does. Now we realize that the numbers, they're going to be off, right? Usually a good poll question, the barometer at this point is about 500 votes, right? We get one hour to mention it. Uh, it's gone in the blink of an eye. So 500 votes is usually about where we, you know, that's the barometer, right? Anything over 500 is pretty good. Anything below that's disappointing. We realize that today we're not going to get 500. I mean, it, it, it depends on what the question is sometimes. Sometimes it depends on what day of the week it is. Sometimes it just kind of de- depends on what the topic is. And we realize bringing up the nets is probably not, it's not, it's not box office. Let's put it that way, right? It's not box office. So uh, our poll question is plenty of attention has been paid to the Knicks start, which is four and ten. The Nets, they're five and eight, five and eight, despite winning the offseason. They won the offseason, haven't won a whole bunch of games. But have you paid any attention to the Nets? Because that's what we heard when when the offseason was going on and Kyrie and Kevin Durant signed with the Brooklyn Nets. It was this takeover is taking place. We already saw it last year because the Nets had this very surprising season making the playoffs when at one point last year, I'm sure there were a lot of people uh, that thought that, you know, they're going to be in the lottery again. They're still rebuilding, but they got this very surprising season. Really, things happened a lot sooner than maybe the plan uh, had indicated before that. But we're just wondering, after winning the offseason, getting all this attention, right? That You would think that if, if you were going to swing things, you would start to see the – movement right like like if the if the Yankees ever had a season where they finished below 500 and the Mets were you know making all now I know it's ridiculous Mets signing all these big free agents and it really paying off but you know try and use your imagination you would see a lot more fans there are a lot of bandwagon fans fans that were in 86 rooting for the Mets that in 96 rooting for the Yankees so I'm just wondering has that transfer started and you would think that at this point it would even though you know five and eight so you can vote on the poll question it's up on twitter it's uh, at gordon damer and um look i realize here's alex and paramus he's going to bring up the point that kevin durant is not playing and that's been a, a bit of factor right alex yeah i just wanted a big fan of the show i just wanted to call in and just remind everyone that kevin durant isn't playing this year right 
But you'd have uh, to say that Kevin Durant, we knew he wasn't. It wasn't like he got hurt in training camp. Like, before you even had a thought that you were going to sign him, really, he was already hurt, right? So, I mean, you can't really – if all the points are they won the offseason because they got this guy, even though he's hurt, you can't go back and say, well, we're not playing well because he's hurt. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that Nets fans kind of knew going into this year this isn't their championship year. This no, no, I don't think anybody thinks it's a championship, but I think 50 wins. I think, you know, what did they win last year? They won 42, right? I wouldn't be surprised if they barely make the playoffs, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I look, if they barely make the playoffs, Alex, that is, there's no way to – now it won't really make a ripple again. It's, it's nice to be able to operate in anonymity. Um, but if they barely make the playoffs this year, that is a huge disappointment. Kyrie Irving's there, and he has t- – all I can go by is what I read. And what I read is that he's turned over this new leaf. It was, it was a weird situation in Boston. Uh, the, 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 the mix was just not right with him. So he wanted to come home, which apparently is Brooklyn, even though he was born. All right. But this time it's going to be different. So I'm just saying you would think that it would start to, uh, it would start to pay some dividends. And who knows? Maybe, look, there's a lot of bad teams in the NBA. It is a, a, a new dynamic, right? So there is probably going to be some, some growing pains. I'm just wondering if whether or not, the attention that was all paid and the, and the talking points that were all made by countless people about how the takeover was taking place, um, that uh, whether or not it has, it has impacted uh, anything. And yes, I realize that Kyrie has missed some games as well, but you had this team last year that had built this incredible culture. Didn't you hear about the culture? The Knicks culture was toxic, which I think is fair. Until they show some results, you have to assume that their culture is bad. But the Nets had built this culture last year. They have most of those pieces back this year. And it was going to be upward and onward. And it's 5-8, and eight, which is terrible. It's not good. It's not even like, eh, you know, one game under five. Eh, you lost the game. Long road trip. Bup, bup, bup. That's all I'm saying. So you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. Speaking of things that have gotten under my skin in the last – and really this hour is – the previous 23 hours, things that I've heard, read, or seen that just kind of annoy me. <laughs> One of them is, and I don't even really care about this topic generally, but Tua Tonga Vailoa gets hurt over the weekend, right? He injures his hip, and it looks like at first, I don't know, maybe it's not, but at first, it seems like this devastating injury. Anytime you have a hip injury and the name Bo Jackson comes up, uh, you don't need to be... Uh, Quincy, to know that that's not – well, Quincy worked with dead people. Maybe that's a bad – a doctor, somebody from ER. Uh, I need a more updated reference to hospitals. Is there any shows out right now? Is there a Chicago – it feels like there's a lot of Chicago shows that – Grey's Anatomy. Is that still on the air? Grey's Anatomy. There you go. Somebody from Grey's Anatomy. It's been on for 75 years. I don't know one character's name on the show. You don't need to be somebody from Grey's Anatomy. To know that if you have a hip injury and you're mentioning Bo Jackson, that's bad. That's really, really bad. So it seems like at least the doctor's prognosis is after uh, yesterday was that it looks like he's going to make a full recovery. So I know, let's hope he does, right? Who would want to see that? And there's a conversation. Does he go back to school for next year? Does he enter the draft this year even though he's coming off this injury? I would think if he can show in any way 
that he's going to be close to 100% by draft time. I would think that it would probably still be better for him to come out now. Because if he goes back to school, yeah, there's the possibility he rebuilds his value. But what if he gets hurt again? He's got a pretty good track record of getting hurt. And God forbid he suffers another hip injury. Then forget about, well, he's not going to get drafted until late in the first round. He's not going to get drafted at all. So I would think that if he can show that he's healthy and on the rebound and it's not going to be a factor, I would still think he comes out this year because I'm telling you right now, teams will delude themselves into thinking, nah, sure, he's got hurt in college a lot, but he'll be all right. And I, I root for one of them. <laughs> Trust me, they will be delusional enough to uh, still draft him. But the one point that I keep hearing about the Tua Tungavailoa thing is, well, you can't blame Nick Saban. He had no idea this hin- this injury was going to happen. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You can't expect something. It wasn't like he was playing in the fourth quarter of a blowout. It was the second quarter when the injury happened. Now, again, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not paying attention that closely, but I've, I've looked for articles. Is there anyone out there who, or more than one person, who's making the point that we should blame Nick Saban? Because the first point I hear about everybody talking is, well, you can't blame Nick Saban. Is there somebody on the other side of this argument? Can we at least have a, a otherwise it's just a straw man that we're creating to, to, I don't know what, talk about the topic. No, I don't. I have not seen any legitimate person saying, "You know who's to blame for all this?" Nick Saban. <laughs> I've not seen that. All right, so that's the, the the Tua thing that got under my skin. Then there's the Jets. The Jets have won two in a row. They're getting ready for the Raiders this week, and it feels like, and maybe this because I'm not a Jet fan. Maybe I haven't lived with the, the highs and lows of the team. But can anybody ever just take things in stride? And this is not even just a jet topic. This is anybody at this point. Can anybody just take things in stride and say, you know what? We got to win. It looked good. It's nice to see the the foundational pieces or what you think of the foundational pieces of the team and Sam and Jamal Adams play well. And away we go. Let's get some more wins over the course of this, uh, over the last six games of the season. And hopefully things, as we get deeper into the year, will feel a whole lot better than when the season was still up for grabs. The coach is going to be back, you know that. The GM's going to have his first draft, and he can't certainly do any worse than the guy who was doing the job before. Can anybody ever do that? Can anybody ever just take things in stride and, and just say, okay, let's move on to the Raiders game? The Athletic had this story. And I, I touched on it briefly yesterday, but there's just so much stuff going on. I could, that after the Dolphin loss, Sam Darnold went to Adam Gase, and they had this big meeting, and they aired out their it's – uh, it's not the time yet for uh, Festivus, but they had an airing of grievances. I don't know if there were any feats of strength. But Sam told Adam Gase what things he doesn't like in the offense, and they made this change, and – Upward and onward. Are we serious? They played the Giants and the Redskins. Don't you think that the change has taken place because of the competition? That they're... Now, nobody is saying that they should give back the wins or that the wins aren't important or it's not nice to see people on the team play well, especially important play- but can we? It's not a case of hey, they re- really went back and 
went back to the drawing board on the offense. If you want to make that point, you can. Do it after this week. If you go out and beat the Raiders, or I don't even think that you need to beat the Raiders. If you go out and play the Raiders, and Sam is is doing what he's done the last couple of weeks, really looking like he's he's back in a groove or throwing touchdown passes here or there, okay, fine. But you just played two teams that almost certainly are going to be two of the worst teams in the entire I mean, we're talking two of the top three. I don't think they can catch the Bengals, but it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. Washington has one win, which they won by one point. And even as bad as the Bengals are, Washington is the most dysfunctional. They've already fired their coach and did so weeks ago. So what are we talking about? And they have a history of being a dysfunctional organization. I would say another good time for a meeting would be right before you play the Bengals. Right. If you go out and beat the Bengals by 40 points, it doesn't – you take it. Take any good signs that you can get. But it's not a sign of, hey, oh, wow, this thing's really pointed in the right direction. But you hear, oh, Sam, this is what you want to see. It's Look, I realize this will fall on deaf ears. But here's the thing about Sam that we know at this point through a year and a little bit more than a year and a half. Nothing about him is definite yet. This idea, since the moment he got here, he's definitely going to be a star. Can you project that? Yeah, you can project anything you want. And has he shown you some nice glimpses? Yes, but that's what they've been. They've been glimpses. Every young quarterback, outside of guys who have either not played really at all or have been complete busts who are now on their, uh, uh, without some miracle, on their way being out of the league here in a year or two, every young quarterback shows you glimpses. Every one. Mitchell Trubisky, who now people are saying, well, clearly he's not the answer in Chicago, and Chicago screwed up by drafting him over other guys, moving up to draft them, never mind. Even he, last year, showed you games where, wow, look at Mitchell Trubisky. He showed you glimpses. Jameis Winston, when he was drafted, first year, he showed you glimpses. Marcus Mariota, his very first game, he had a perfect quarterback rating. Does anybody think that Marcus Mar? Give it some time. Let's get through the year. And I get it. If you want to still think, hey, I think that in two, three years, this guy is okay. It's not definite. It's not set in stone. And it would be, I think it would be better overall for your mental health if you didn't get too high or too low and getting all worked up over a performance against the Redskins. Or, or saying that Jamal Adams now is Troy Palomalu because he was able to play well against the Giants and the Redskins. Can we, I mean, just a little perspective sometimes. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. A turnaround from Randall. It's good. Went reverse on the baseline. Scoops it up and in. 30 points for Randall. Not just a Nick high, but the most by a Nick this season. First one to 30. All right, let's uh, let's set off the fireworks. <laughs> He's going thirty. Yeah, I mean, talk about diminished expectations. There you go, your moment of inspiration for this uh, Tuesday morning. 
It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Uh, Julius Randle scoring uh, 30 points last night. And the Knicks not just getting a win, which have been few and far between this year, but a nice easy win, a nice bounce-back performance against the Cavaliers after last time. They basically didn't show up. And this time they showed up, and uh, they got to win. So hopefully here for the next day or two, we won't have to hear about uh, how David Fisdale's in trouble or uh, how this thing is going to happen. Steve Mills' plan behind the scenes, it can take a, uh, take a breather. <laughs> here is David Fisdale about the win last night. I think the biggest thing is we protected the paint. So That's been our biggest emphasis is can we keep teams out of paint. And we finally did a solid job against the, the speed guards. Um, I thought our guys uh, really took the challenge tonight against um, Colin and, and Darius. And, um, you know, our bigs did a good job of being up and, and sliding their feet. And, you know, there's always going to be something you got to keep working at, which is good for me to something I can challenge them to do better, uh, which is get to that three-point line. Has anyone ever mentioned that he sounds exactly like Tone Loke? Brian, do you, you don't even know who Tone Loke is, right? It's amazing. Cutting edge of music and all my references. Uh, David Fisdale says that uh, Julius Randle had a little funky cold Medina and let the game come to him. He sees what's happening and he sees three people are loading up to him. And he just, you know, he kept burning his hand on the stove and not learning his lesson, you know. And now I think you burn it enough, you're like, okay, I got to make this change. And so he's just, you know, he's like I said, he's letting it come to him while staying aggressive and just making easier basketball plays. You know, it was one play tonight. He could have went against a guy at the elbow. He had a size advantage and RJ was open on the slot. And just without hesitation, he just shot it to him and RJ got the three. Just little stuff like that as he continues to do that, um, you know, it's going to help his evolution. All right, so there you go. The Knicks get a win, and our poll question, which is up for today, is uh, it's kind of focused a little bit on the Knicks. I, I tried to do whatever I could to get, you know, you don't want people to start reading the question and then tune out right away. Uh, and so I put the Knicks in there to get the Knicks fan kind of focused on it, but whether or not they'll continue to read it once the Nets name comes up, I don't know. Uh, but the poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Knicks 4-10 and 10 start, Nets 5-8. and eight. You know, despite winning the offseason, uh, have you paid any attention to the Nets this season? Now, it's super early, but I guess it's a little later than usual, right? Because if you're not going to get the amount of votes that you thought you usually would, um, maybe it's a little late, it gets late early. So, at least so far, most people are voting the who option. That's the second option. Who? Who dis? New phone. Who dis? Um, or you could vote number one, which is absolutely locked in. I'm absolutely locked into the season. So far, uh, 15% of people have said that they are locked in, which is about 15 people because we, <laughs> we got about 100 votes. And I got a new phone today. I have a new phone. I'll tell you this. I don't have a case for it. Uh, if I, if anything happens to this phone before I get home, Amazon supposedly delivering one today. What would they better? Uh, if anything happens to this phone, not only will I not be here tomorrow, my wife bought it for me for my birthday, uh, I will not be showing up again. I'm going to have to start a new life in a new town with a new name, all that. I'm, I have to get out of here. I can't go home. I'm going to be like Hungry Heart. Bruce Springsteen, Hungry Heart, that's going to be me. It's all because uh, my phone broke. So hopefully that does not happen over the course. Or maybe you're hoping it does. Maybe you're one of those 15 net fans who's saying this jerk on the radio. Get him off here. All right. So coming up, we'll kind of recap the show, give you the three things for the morning. Uh, maybe we'll hear a little bit more from uh, – maybe we'll hear from Julius Randle. I mean, how many opportunities are we going to get to hear from Julius Randle? I also 
the one point that I did not make yesterday about Kaepernick because I'm a bad talk show host and I'm forgetful sometimes. And really, it's the main point that everybody should have at this point. Um, and also, my favorite story of the morning. People always tell me, Gordon, why don't you talk more hockey? I have a hockey story that is fascinating to me. So we'll get you that, too, coming up. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, it's, uh, this is... Uh Every once in a while, you get one of those stories that somebody had a career once and then they, they, they changed careers. Come on. I don't know if anybody, I, I'm assuming somebody has had to have brought this up by now. That uh, David Fisdale sounds exactly like Tone Loke. Right? Alright, so that's, that's, that's Tone Loke. That is not David Fisdale. This is David Fisdale. Give me a short one. The thing I'm really happy about is, is we're starting to string together consistent efforts. And I know we lost a tough one the other night, but we had a chance to win the game. And that's what we're trying to get to, that every night we give ourselves a chance to win the game. Alright, so there's a topical reference, topical music reference. That's what I'm all about. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York. Uh, so this Tuesday morning, the three things that we kind of recap the show and uh, lead you into uh, Golik and Wingo. A, the Knicks did win last night. An easy win. Wire to wire. They easily take care of the Cavaliers, which uh, at least you would think, right? With the way the season has gotten off to, you would think now that maybe David Fisdale will get a little bit uh, of breathing room to operate. Like it's not, it's not good for any coach. Sometimes it works out where there's added pressure and he's got to perform and the team kind of comes to his. But for a rebuilding team like the Knicks, that's a little bit much to ask. Like the, the players have enough to deal with already trying to win games when they're not that talented of a team. And even in the best case scenario, best case scenario for this, this year, I think was about 30 wins. I think much more realistic would be around 23, 25. And they're kind of on pace for that right now at four and 10. I can't do the math in my head. I probably can't even do it on the paper. But they're probably on pace for, I'd say, about 22, 23 wins. That's right within the the, the margin of error. So the Knicks get a win last night, and hopefully now uh, we'll see if uh, this this can carry over for uh, Julius Randle, who's a, a part of the team. Out of all the guys that they signed, he's the one guy that is, at least for right now, kind of a, a piece, maybe not a foundational piece. I don't think anybody thinks you're going to be building around him. And if the, a deal comes that they might be able to move him for something of value, I'm sure that they would. But when you look at the foundational pieces of the Knicks that are on the team right now, obviously it's R.J. Barrett, it's Mitchell Robinson, but it's not like uh, Julius Randle's an afterthought. And so far this year, be it too much pressure on himself, be it trying to live up to the contract, whatever it was, he was forcing things too much. And last night kind of allowed the game to come to him. Now, it's easier to let the game come to you when the game is against the Cavaliers. <laughs> it's not exactly, uh, you know, not exactly uh, the L.A. Lakers that they're facing. So hopefully that's a sign that maybe things will turn around. But let's wait. Let's not read articles about how after the previous loss, Julius Randle went to uh, David Fisdale and they had a meeting about the offense. Let's see if it actually transpires and there is actually any carryover. But the Knicks got to win. That's always nice. So that's the first thing on this Tuesday morning. The second thing is our poll question, which is up for today. It's on Twitter. And we realize, in case you're just showing this show, it might be a little bit repetitive, but we realize the poll question today is going to tank. We said, I mean, there's really no way for it not to tank. But it is about the Knicks start, which is 4-10, and 10, but really the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets lost again last night to the Pacers. Uh, not that they lost again to the base, but they lost again five and eight on their season despite uh, winning the offseason, right? We heard all, I mean, didn't you? Didn't you hear about the winners of the offseason this year, this past summer, were the Nets? 
The Nets, the takeover of New York City had begun. It was an illustration of just how dysfunctional the Knicks were, which I think is kind of true. Uh, and But mostly that the Nets had built this culture. They had turned things around. That's how you rebuild things. And that uh, they won the offseason. So have you paid any attention, right? Like the Nets have gotten off to this bit of a shaky start. Five and eight is not great. That is not what you expected. And you can tell me all you want now because people are tweeting, oh, well, you know, I didn't expect them to win this. I didn't expect them to win that. They're over under for the year, I think, was 50. I had it here a second ago. Win totals. Where are the Nets? Points bet opened at 50 and a half. They won 42 games last year. And it seems like from all the other, uh, let's see, uh, points bet opened at 50. All right, so they got to 44 and a half. All right, so still over 500, better than they were last year. Right now they're 5 and 8. And don't give me about uh, Kevin Durant's not. Well, you knew Kevin Durant was not going to be here. So he's here at body, but he's not going to be on the court, and he's probably not going to play at all this season. So it's about turning things around, and I get Kyrie's been hurt, but he's always hurt. Karis LeVert has been hurt. He's always hurt. So it's about, you know, you've you, you got to win some games. So we're just asking you the poll question today. Have you paid attention to the Nets season? And the two options are either A, absolutely locked in, or B, who? Who is the other option? So there you go. Uh, my favorite story from the morning, and it has to do with hockey. So let me get the, uh, the the teams involved. The Capitals and the Ducks were facing off last night. I was I was so invested. You know, my my Islanders weren't pl- the Islanders didn't play last night, right? They were off last night. My Islanders. Uh, so I was I was uh, scanning the uh, the uh, the satellite and I uh, came across the cat. No, I didn't. Uh, but the Capitals and the Ducks were involved in a game, and I guess it was second period. There's a brawl. Which, you know, doesn't happen that much anymore. It's not like the old days. But two guys particularly got involved. Garnet Hathaway and the Anaheim's defenseman Eric Goodbranson. I don't know. That, that does not sound right. I've never heard of Eric Goodbranson before, but that does not sound like a person's name. Goodbranson. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But these two guys are getting involved in a fight. And um, they're really going back and forth. So things start to settle down. A little bit. And then at the last minute, things appeared to be settling down. Hathaway grabbed and unbuckled Goodbranson's helmet strap just to be a pest. And that move set off the Ducks defenseman. Goodbranson responded by delivering a sucker punch to the Capitals forward. Hathaway decided to pay him back by a spit to the face. He spit in his face. Oh, that's disgusting. So there's this – they get things settled down. They're trying to figure out all the penalties. The spitting was caught by one of the officials. I guess he got a little bit of, uh, you know, like the second spitter. He got a little bit of the shrapnel, right? So he knew that the guy spit in the other guy's face. So he got tossed as a result of spitting in the guy's face. They were just punching each other in the face. Wasn't the punching in the face much more troublesome than the spitting in the face? So you're allowed to fight guys and go back and forth and, and punch them. But look, there's a line, and spitting is the line. Isn't that a little strange? Wouldn't you figure that the, the punch? I'll tell you right now, not that I want anybody to spit in my face, but I'd, I'd much rather have had that than somebody punch me in the face. No? Is it because punching is is you, you're kind of accepting of that and the and the 
It's like the Wachutus are biters. Nobody told me the Wachutus were biters. It seems like a, a bit of an overreaction. And considering some of the other things that we've seen in sports here, right? Miles Garrett ripping off a guy's helmet and clubbing him in the head. That gets you thrown out. Also spitting. <laughs> if you also, if you uh, untie the guy's shoes and he trips, that's uh, also not allowed. I thought that was a very strange story and not one that I would generally focus on. But there we are. All right. That's going to do it for this fine morning. Uh, the Golik and Wingo show are coming up straight away. Please look, I don't often beg. Actually, I do it every day, but today especially because the poll numbers, we don't want to see people just drop off and lose followers and all these type of things. So if you could be kind, if you could, you know, pay it forward, uh, vote on the poll question for this fine morning. It's about the nets. We realize that we're, we're, it's going to tank. We're not going to get the normal 500, but if you could possibly look at the poll question, throw a vote there. If you paid attention to the net season, vote that. Not many people have. So vote that. If you haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, well, then the other answer is the, is the obvious answer. That would be uh, absolutely not. So uh, you can do that, uh, and you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I will tomorrow be back here starting at 5 o'clock, assuming nothing happens to my phone. If you tune in the show tomorrow, and it's not me, for whatever reason, maybe it's somebody on the road, more than likely, my phone was destroyed, and I can I have to start a new life someplace else. So we'll find out tomorrow at 5. We'll see you then, hopefully. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.